Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Playful Humans podcast. I'm your host, Mike Montague, and my guest this week is Asher Lobb. He is a musician, a producer, a composer, a live performer, and an electric violinist uh, rocking all things music. You can find him at asherlob.com. The link is in the show notes below. Now, if you're wanting to rediscover the power of play, get some reminders for cool things you can do to have fun and enjoy your life and career as an adult, go to playfulhumans.com. That's where we have all kinds of good blogs, podcasts like this one, uh, videos, games you can play, cheesy jokes you can tell with your kids, all at playfulhumans.com. Here we go. Sure. Welcome to the podcast. We like to start with the joke of the week. The joke of the week is brought to you by the laundry. My wife and I had a fight about the laundry, but I eventually folded. All right. Uh, why was Cinderella so bad at soccer? Um, I have no idea. She kept running away from the ball. Ouch, All right. Ouch. <laughs> there you go. Do you, do you have a joke for us? I am the last person you want to be asking to tell a joke, but I'll give it a shot. Um, so mom says to her child, sweetheart, what would you like to be would you, when you grow up? Says, I, I want to be a musician. Well, honey, I love you, but you can't do both. <laughs> there you go. And oh. I think that's a great place to start. That sounded like an authentic laugh. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm pretty good at it, right? Uh, I, I no. might start telling more jokes now. <laughs> Boosting my confidence. <laughs> Uh, I think that was a great one and a great place to start for this podcast, because I feel like that's part of what we talk about here is playing for a living. And really, why would you want to to grow up? Why would you want to give up on your childhood dreams? Uh, I, I do see reasons for both. Uh, I mean, five-year-olds are generally poor at pick, making career choices, you know? So when you ask a kid what they want to be when they grow up, they, they don't really pick things that have, you know, fun, fulfillment, I mean fulfillment. Paychecks, I mean, fighting fires, I guess, doesn't pay too much. Generally volunteer. Right. Uh, you know, and firefighters and princesses and ballerinas and all of those uh, good childhood dreams um, can be fun, but they don't always work out as a career choice. So I wanted to ask you about being a musician. I find like if you can get and just pay your bills and get to keep making music, that is an amazing milestone. And that really is what it's all about. So we don't really need to be, you know, Justin Timberlake or uh, insert famous musician that's making, you know, billions of dollars to have fun and be successful playing music, right? Um, yeah, my, my intention is, is hey, you know, I, I get I get that people like the idea of being famous and celebrities and uh, but there's a whole lot of baggage that comes along with it. Justin Timberlake is probably in the small pool of successful celebrities who probably has his head screwed on straight, but the vast majority of them are they end up falling, you know, they rise and fall and there's nothing really stable about their careers. Um, and, and they're sort of like has-beens and that's depressing. Um, I'm looking for stability within an exciting, playful career um, that, that just gives me pure joy. Um, life's really short and I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking for meaning 
I'm looking to connect with people in a meaningful way. And did you ever um, bail out? Did you do like the college path, get an accounting degree and, and start uh, trying to be serious? Uh, or did you always follow your, your heart in music? So I did the reverse of what most normal people do. So I started out being practical and then became impractical the older I got. Um, nice. So you could say I lost my lost my mind, but um, I think what I did was I, I just had a, an awakening and uh, the realization that um, if I don't have joy throughout my life and I'm just sort of like working for the man and and just ending up in the grave, what's the point? And um, I, you know, I, I have three degrees in the sciences from top tier universities. Um, nice. And I come from a pretty educated family. Everybody's gone to MIT, Harvard, like professors, everything, like way too many degrees. I have. Um, so my three degrees in the sciences, I actually implemented, I put into practice, I worked for a number of years. And I'm like, and, and what was actually earning me paying the bills since I went, I moved to New York um, and started undergrad was music, ironically. So music pretty much chose me. Oh, that's amazing. And I think that that happens for a lot of people. So there's so much we could uh, unpack there, but I think like when you find, you said you lost your mind, but when you find yourself a little bit and you're like, Oh, I've been trying to push this away. Or I thought this was a hobby, but this is what people actually appreciate. You know, a, a bunch of other people have degrees or a bunch of other people um, do boring day jobs and, and work for companies, but very few people have guts or can express themselves or can, uh, play in a way that attracts other people. And I, I think that's really interesting. So was there a gig or a moment that you realized that you made it? I guess you kind of said in, in college, you, you realized like, hey, this is making a, a decent amount of money and I can keep doing this. Yeah, that. And also like once I started playing mega, you know, like playing mega venues like Madison Square Garden and like Carnegie Hall and PBS and over and over again, I started to realize, okay, maybe there's a formula here. I just have to figure it out. Uh, Cause I was seeing large amounts of success, but I'm not really interested in uh, again, the highs and the lows, which, right. which are kind of typical with entertainment looking for the stability, which is, which is a challenge. It's an ongoing challenge, but to answer so your question, what do you feel like yeah. would give that for you? Is it, producing and recording on a regular basis is it like playing in a symphony or orchestra where you have a regular day job and a paycheck what what does that look like so that's actually what i don't want because once i'm doing that i might as well be a nurse or a, a teacher which i could do and i already have those degrees so or something in biology so it's like yeah, I might do a little of that just to kind of keep up my chops with the sight reading, but I, I enjoy producing my own music and uh, collaborating with artists, being creative as much as possible and uh, kind of reinventing myself as often as possible and not not limiting myself to, uh, I don't know, being a rank and file member of the union, just doing kind of what everybody yeah. else or me is doing. So I, I, I don't, I don't, I really don't enjoy that. <laughs> I like kind of buy my own course. And that's right. Uh, up our alley, what we're, we're about on this show. And so I want to ask you some of those, if you don't mind sharing some of the details, you don't have to share numbers or anything, but you have uh, at least three new singles out. People can go to asherlob.com and find those. And I'm sure, uh, you know, buy them or, or contribute to what you're doing, but how then are, are what's your plan for creating stability and, and funding yeah. on any kind of regular Yeah, well, basis? again, it's an ongoing challenge, but uh, in a nutshell, if I could help your listeners, 
uh, I am, I am working like at, like it is a full-time job and then some, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> it's, and I'm sure you are too. And everybody is like, you just can't, you can't cruise in this career. And, and there, there is the stress of like, not necessarily knowing, like you, if you're wearing all these hats, the business hat, the musician hat, the producer hat, performer hat, on uh, figuring out who to negotiate with and who to, who to work in tandem with, uh, and collaborate with, like, um, you know, you, it's, it's, it's not going stress. So, but, but what I'm doing is I'm, I'm producing and I am collaborating. Like I mentioned, I am um, kissing up to my fans because they are my support and my clients. Uh, and I try to get repeat clients. Uh, I do, I do some outreach. So, and, and I do social media. So those are like, I'm going to say the main legs or the arms uh, in my, in my career. And uh I guess being good at what you do and being innovative uh, definitely ramps up the income. Well, that's so. actually what I was going to ask you about next, which is um, I don't know too many electric violinists. Uh, I've seen a few maybe on America's Got Talent or, or something. But um, what was it that drew you to that instrument? And why do you think it's maybe different or uh, better than any other? Well, uh, it was the most it, it, it was the most natural transition from classical acoustic violin. And that's, uh, you know, I already had the skills, same fingering, uh, a little bit of a different feel, but the sound uh, and the sensitivity on the fingers with respect to amplifying your sound, which is what the electric violin is through a PA system. So you can compete with the other instruments, the trumpet, sax, drums, uh, keyboard singer. Uh, that is something that that's requ you're required to have an electric violin if you want to make it work um, efficiently, especially if you're working with a whole range of like sound engineers and i'm not working with the same guys every night so i pretty much have my system uh, i don't know i can lift it up for you here this is my rig Ooh. yeah there you go you're taking this, it is my, this is my rig took me 20 years to figure out and it's essentially my sound in a box and it's it's got a lot of engineering and a lot of engineering queuing and programming behind it so that the electric violin sounds authentic um, but also gives me the versatility of an electric guitar and whole, has a whole other series of other tones. I don't deal with feedback on stage. So it's kind of cool. Uh, that is cool. I'm wondering, do you remember why you picked the violin in the first place? Did your parents get you lessons or or what happened there? I just had a, uh, I just had a conversation with my mother last night um, about my career, I guess, because she's been like listening to my interviews. I was curious. Oh, you know, like, how did you feel about this experience? Like being five years old and playing, you know, in the Suzuki orchestra with like 20 other kids around you on stage, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, I, I she, she claims that I chose the instrument <laughs> at the age of, of two and a half. And I'm like, really, mom? Yeah, you looked up to your older brother. How many, how many were on the shelf? Yeah, right. You, you know, your older brother's playing violin. He's he's fantastic. Wow. Um and he was playing concertos. I'm like, I, mommy, I want to play that. So that's what she claims. Um, I remember a lot of details uh, being around three. I don't remember saying, mommy, I want to play that, but maybe she's right. <laughs> that's funny. I think uh, probably if you got an older brother, the, the, those are always, you know, uh, cooler and inspiring and you want to do what they're doing and you're you're picking it up along the way. I think that uh, that helps a lot. That's fun. What is the yeah. most fun you've ever had? Uh, in your um i can't think of a like a specific moment um actually maybe i can um probably playing a gig where i actually you know one of those ten thousand dollar trained monkeys uh there's a there's a there's like a, a whatever there was like a zoo trainer he did 
basically raise the monkey and i'm like playing next to him I'm like oh could i just you know could could he hop on my shoulder because he was hanging on so yeah he hopped on my shoulder and he was curious and he was like looking under like sniffing my nose and like scratching my head it was adorable and uh, that was probably one of my most memorable experiences yeah that's amazing that's a really good one i had a buddy the remind me of one of my funniest stories as a, a dj he was we we're playing this outdoor concert venue and he's playing up on stage in front of thousands of, of people and yeah. the squirrel like just kind of is like running from the lawn up towards the stage and i'm over on the side of the stage and he's on there and uh he just, it's like, it's running at him and we're kind of like, well, it's, it's kind of like, you know, run up the, the post of the, the concert stage venue, the proscenium and, and stuff right up on him, ran up his leg while he's DJing and jumped off his shoulder. <laughs> you can't make a story. You can't make up a story like that. No, it's, I wish, uh, you know, there were more cameras that are better cell phone cameras back then. And somebody had caught uh, that on camera, but yeah, you, like, you could have caught that. That would have what to expect. I think that's the fun part for me about performing is it's really like an improvisation. Even if you know what you're planning and you have written music out in front of you, you don't know what's going to happen next. You have to be fully alive and, and present in the moment. Uh, what do you appreciate most about playing and do you prefer recording over playing live i find like depending on your level of introvert uh, or extrovert or showmanship some people are like no i'm a studio musician i want to make sure i get it right and other people are like no i want to hear the audience and i want to get the emotions you know like nothing quite measures up to the experience that i had at master theater uh where i just the crowd was just like so hyped and i just i was playing my music that Awesome. It wasn't just about me. It was the music that works with my instrument. Neon Dreams is my single. Those of you who want to check it out. That song is like pretty much speaks to the core of, of who I am musically and as a composer producer. But but and I and I bring up that story um, to answer your question, because, I, you know, moments like that, it's like, OK, I don't want to do anything else. I just want to do this every night. But then I'll do an event like a corporate event where it's like, OK, we're going to pay you off here. And it's like, OK, fine. Not exactly. People aren't really like they're not there for the music as much. Yeah, they're there for like the hype. Um, and it's like I'd rather be home in my studio with nobody producing Lord of the Rings medley, which is out in two weeks. Um, <laughs> I, I just get such a high from producing. It's like I can't wait for you guys to listen to that uh, Rings of Power. The medley, oh my God, Nori, Brandyfoot. It's just it's a gorgeous, gorgeous production. That's why I chose to to do basically this twenty six piece orchestral um, cover of it in my own wow. version with the violin. But yeah, but the, I get highs from both. It's just it's so meaningful, so enjoyable. I think that makes sense. And one of the quotes that comes up most on the show is that one where people say, like, if you find what you love, you'll never work another day in your life. And I find that to not be true at all. There are days where you get that corporate event and you're like, okay, apparently I'm just background noise. And whether that's me on a microphone or you on a, a violin, you're like, I'm getting a big check. This is going to pay for all of that studio or that new apartment or uh, new uh, equipment and uh, stuff. And you're like, we're just going to do this. So it's a job today. That's okay. But I feel like even, you know, the worst day doing what you love is still a pretty good. Day. Yeah. There's lots of other. Yeah, jobs. absolutely. Then the, stable job that where you can get fired anyway and they're going to bring in a new new person if you're not working your ass off um if i work my ass off it's going to be for what i love and i do it every day and i hop out of bed thinking man what's next you know well what is next for you do you have something on your fun bucket list like is there like a dream 
you know, theater you haven't played or a show or an opportunity that you would want to do? There are endless opportunities. And I thought you mentioned dream theater. That would be a, a bucket list for me. Um, <laughs> the actual dream theater. theater. I meant a dream. Yeah. If there were any others, you already did uh, MSG and uh, yeah. all that stuff. So, well, it doesn't end with that. And um, yeah, it'd be cool to play with Billy Joel. But honestly, um, I'm, I'm more interested cool. in the music that that uh, again specifically speaks to the violin because with most of these people it's like a pipe dream pipe dream it's it's a bucket list to play with like a big celebrity next to them like filling in the notes and it's like yeah i i'd, I'd rather do a, i'd rather do a concert one one hundredth the size of um playing with i don't know Justin Timberlake. Although if you give me a call, Justin, you know, I'm, I'm there, man. Um, <laughs> but you know, that, that, that features the music that is most meaningful to me. Uh, that's really where I'm, where I'm at. Uh, I play, I play with some of these really big celebrities and, and it's been, it's been pretty cool, but it's, it, you know, you're kind of like an appendage and, and it's, it's, I don't know, it's not as exciting. It's exciting, but it's not as exciting as you might think it would be. Yeah. I've been there. I I've gotten to open for Billy Idol and Frankie Valley as a DJ uh, back in my twenties and uh-huh. stuff. And clearly nobody knew who I was that was at the show. Uh, I've told a bunch of those stories a, a whole lot of times, but um uh, uh-huh. But you're right. It's a cool opportunity and it's fun to, you know, get a reaction from what you're doing from a crowd of 10,000 people. But they're not really there for you. You can get a, a much better connection in a, a smaller group or or get your music out there. I think that's a lot more fun when I get somebody that mentions my podcast and stuff that I did on the radio for somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool that we're on the same page here. Yeah, I I think you got your head on really straight about this. I, I think it's uh, really helpful for our audience and especially anybody who's thinking about getting into it or even if you're doing your thing and you're frustrated because you're you're not getting a big gig or other things. A lot of times those big gigs don't pay as well either. So you can make more money from, you know, a thousand tickets to your own fans than you can from 10,000 tickets to a celebrity uh, and yeah, playing that event. I've had like, you know, Interscope Records, like major labels uh, call me for for a couple of gigs, you know, Kygo, whatever. I mean, I, want, I have to be careful about what I say because there, there could be yeah, some yeah. retaliatory stuff. But whatever, it was good experience. But it was, yeah, it's like I'd rather work for double and and maybe not have bragging rights, but pay the bills. And yeah, I hear that from authors and stuff a lot, too. I'm writing a book for Playful Humans here and it's like, well, I could get signed with a big publisher and make, you know, a few cents for each book that gets published, or I could self-publish and take 90% of the money and make it exactly the way I want it. I think those are the artistic choices that are really tough in today's world with so many more opportunities. So I know we have so little time, but I actually want to speak to that. My father, who's a a very well-published paleontologist, he, he got uh, published by Columbia publication, Columbia. I mean, it's it's Mm -hmm. major publication for, for his, for his, his book um and it's like the cut that he got is a joke and i'm like dad really you're gonna accept this deal come on but he's like he's retired at this point he just wants it out and he i guess he wants the prestige my wife also got published with a major um company she's a professor and uh the deal is like also a joke and that's not her bread and butter for me it's like the equivalent is a a record label so it's like if i already got signed to a major label I, i i i turned down a couple of options to to work with some established uh, managers. And I I turned them down because I was thinking like, I need to be bigger in my career, have a larger fan base before I sign on. Otherwise they're just gonna, 
right off my coattails. So that's just how I feel at this point. So I can, yeah, yeah. Uh, me, me too. I, I think if you're really wanting to do, and there's nothing wrong with those other ones too. Like you said, if you would rather have a wider reach, like if you feel like you have a message that I want to get to, a, I don't care how much I make on the book or the, the album, I want it to reach as many people as possible. Then maybe those, you know, big publishers are, are better options for you. Yeah. I had one more uh, fun one. I happened to be, as soon as we hang up driving to Branson, Missouri, and uh, I, my wife knows the Tabuchi family. Do you know Shoji Tabuchi, the uh, violinist down there? Tabuchi could, no. could be. Uh, anyway, you'll have to look it up. And if you ever yeah. make it to Central uh, M- Missouri, um, Shoji Tabuchi Theater is amazing violin laser show. It's like the Pink Floyd of uh, a violinist oh. down there, and he's awesome. <laughs> so, oh, now I'm definitely going to check him out. Check it out. <laughs> uh, are you ready to play games? Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, here we go. Spinning our wheel of games. Find out which game you get. And we are doing awkward questions. Awkward questions is like a would you rather game. So let's start with one of those. Would you rather get a tattoo of a third eye on your forehead or 666 on your knuckles? Probably knuckles. Because I want to look like a knucklehead. Thing like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I also feel like yeah, it could be 999. You just turn your hand upside down. I, I think that's the right answer. Um, <laughs> all right. That's a good one. Would you do somersaults on a late night talk show if you could choose the guest that would appear next to you for the rest of the show? Absolutely. <laughs> I don't even understand the questions. Somersaults? Sure. I feel like we are on the same page here. We're both entertainers. That's what it's all about. It's, it's for the fun. <laughs> yeah. I do it with all, right. all And then... Uh, last one, which item would you rather, uh, wear for a full day? Let's say on stage, it says school or work here, a plastic diaper or a, uh, bonnet, (laughs) a bonnet, the bonnet. I don't feel like either one is bad. I I feel like, um, the bonnet's easier, but I can make either one work on stage. I could support the diaper. (laughs) The bonnet, I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's well, just today's feeling. Tomorrow I could feel different. <laughs> that's right. It depends on which venue and, and which audience, uh, for yeah. sure. What's, what song you're playing, I suppose. You know, you make a good point because the audience really makes a difference. And I'm maybe a little too reactive to the audience, but I don't want to alienate them too much. So got some prim and yeah. proper people yeah, out there. Well, either way, you did it. You nailed it. You got all three. So that means uh, you get a free 30-second commercial here. The podcast is yours now. Anything that you want to share, ask from the audience or uh, gives, how can you help us? How can we help you? You already helped me. I had a great time the last 30 minutes, but um, I want to, first of all, thank you for having me. But also, uh, yeah, what can I uh, what can I plug that? So Lord of the Rings is out in two weeks. Um, <clears throat> Neon Dreams, like I mentioned, I, my, that was my big single. You can you know, feel free to check that out. And uh, you can find me on uh, Absolute.com. Uh, and I'll, I'll be posting Lord of the Rings. Actually, it's already there. Um, it is already there on um, astrolab.com slash store. You can stream the song for free or you can purchase it. Um, it will be on all major platforms, which I get once I get the clearance directly from um, McCreary himself uh, awesome. and Amazon, the Amazon series. And uh, I think that's pretty much all I got. Check me out on social media, Astrolab. 
I'm the only For sure. Check out that music. Uh, good follow and uh, support Asher. If you love that music, uh, go ahead and buy it. AsherLob.com. The link is in the show notes. And until next time, if you're looking to rediscover the power of play, go to PlayfulHumans.com. Share this episode with somebody that you think needs to hear it. Maybe there's a young musician or aspiring musician in your uh, friends or family circle. That would be great. And uh, if you haven't subscribed already, that's always nice to do. But most importantly, we also have some free gifts for you at playfulhumans.com. So slash quiz, there's a quiz. And uh, we have some other fun stuff coming here too with a new ebook full of 104 jokes coming your way very soon. Go check it out. Don't wait for tomorrow. Live for today. Keep on chasing the sunshine. Go play, everybody.